Um, yeah, I see what you mean. Like when you're doing yeah. an intro <laughs> yeah. in front of like other people. Yeah. It's hosting. weird, right? Yeah. I'm not and used I do to that, that every week because he's here watching me. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to episode 33 of Insects for Fun. Today's episode is a special collaboration with the Just Bugs podcast, and we're covering insects in pop culture. We have with us today, Savannah and Matt. Hey guys, you can introduce yourselves now. You can come out now. Oh, yay! <laughs> I was under the desk. <laughs> oh, you. You didn't look there. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hi. Well, uh, thank you so much for having us. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's great to be here. I'm thrilled to have you guys on the show. Yeah. I, we didn't know there was another bug podcast. And then, uh, I don't know, the stars aligned and somehow we were connected. Yeah, I, I remember... Um, I remember I was outside in the park. I was on a walk and then I saw uh, I got hit up on Instagram from you guys. And I was like, wait a minute, who are these people? And then I like looked at it. <laughs> I looked at it and I was like, another <laughs> entomology podcast that also releases on Tuesday? What yeah, is wild. happening? <laughs> Although I think mine I mean, I guess great minds Monday. think alike, right? Yeah, honestly, must be. Must be. Yeah. We just got bugs in the brain, I guess. Um <laughs> But yeah, so Savannah and Matt here have this really fun um, podcast, Just Bugs, and as opposed to mine, which is single host, they have a co-hosted show, um, which is a very different atmosphere, and you guys can kind of go into it now if you'd like. Um, Yeah, for sure. So our, our show is sort of like a, I do research, this is me, Savannah, my name's not Matt. (laughs) Um, but yeah so i'll do research on a bug that we choose for the week or a listener episode and i will tell matt about it and basically just as like a little background i have been like a lifelong bug lover we cover you know insects arachnids and really like anything what we say is like what do you what a child would say is yeah anything a child Mm. would call a bug that will cover it and basically i love bugs and then matt was, you know, not maybe the biggest fan of bugs ever. And um, I'm just kind (laughs) of teaching him about them. And I think over the course of the first few episodes, he kind of came around. He's learning. He's loving. I'm kind of like the listener, you know, like I ask questions. I make stupid analogies and make it fun. (laughs) I don't know. Yeah, I just, uh, I really am just like, I'm the listener. I'm you guys, so. It's uh, you. The, I played the, the jar role jar of, of just bugs. No, 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 I'm not jar jar. You don't want to be the jar jar of anything. Well, jar jar was the comedic value, I think, of well, That's he was supposed fair. to be jar jar. Well, was he the, actually is Matt. Yeah, Matt is, is actually. Fire. No, I know. I, I'm uh, yeah. Like we work. We were working together before recording this, and yeah, Matt is. Much better than Jar Jar. Oh, For sure. Thank you. That's <laughs> yeah. the highest honor. <laughs> much better than Jar Jar. Oh, gosh. <laughs> yeah, fantastic. Cool. So so this week, um, we are going to go over interesting things in pop culture. So we're going to talk about, we have each of us are bringing to the table two different insect-related or bug-related themes in pop culture or characters. And we're just going to talk about them and share them with each other and share them with you listeners. And um, yeah, we're just going to talk about it and we're going to get into it. So I guess I'll start. Um, The first thing I want to talk about is Mothman. So... (laughs) Yes, Mothman. So, what do you guys know about Mothman? Just off the bat, like what, what, what do you have already? Yes. So, I am a big lover of cryptids. So, mm. I am very aware. Um, I don't. I will say though, I like the idea of cryptids, but I don't always go super deep into the lore. So, like, I know that he is one, and I know a lot of the names of the other cryptids, and kind of like their like general stuff. But yeah. I don't know where they come from or anything like that. Okay. Cool. And I've never even heard of a cryptid. I just <laughs> I only know Mothman from like I don't know, like web comics and stuff. Yeah, or like absolutely. One off references. I was just like, oh, that's super cool. I like the idea of a Mothman. 
that's about as far as I got. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you mentioned cryptid, right? And and cryptids are these things, these creatures that we we can't really we don't know. Like, are they real? Are they not? We're not sure. It's this whole kind of category of cryptozoology. These things are we we can't seem to get one. Right, mm-hmm. we hear these stories about them, but we just can't seem can to get we make one. one. Oh, can we make a cryptid? I don't know. <laughs> Cryptids from a lab. I've been listening to a lot of uh, LPN last podcast on the left, and these guys. Oh, recently, oh she's a huge fan. Yeah, I love uh, them. I love, love them. them. And recently, their whole thing is what, like, podcasters from a lab <laughs> test tube podcasters. <laughs> like, I love them. <laughs> yeah. So Mothman is a famous cryptid in the United States. Now, we might have listeners who don't really know anything at all about Mothman or cryptids. So, and I just kind of briefly mentioned what a cryptid is, right? A creature that's existence is disputed. Like Bigfoot, the Yeti, Mm -hmm. Loch Ness. Santa Claus. Santa Claus. (laughs) Sure, yeah, right? (laughs) Santa Claus is a cryptid. (laughs) It's a cryptid, I mean, kind of. a cryptid that breaks into your house, but then <laughs> gives you stuff instead. Oh my God. Steals your cookies and other baked Yeah, he steals your cookies. Oh man, that's Santa. Why is he always raiding my fridge? And no one can t- no one can prove he's real or not. Right? No, so, yeah, we can't. I guess yeah. technically you're cryptid. Santa's a cryptid, right? This is this is Matt showing us again why he is much better than Jar Jar. Um, so. So yeah. Back. <laughs> so I, I want to set the scene right for this for the first encounter of this creature. Now mm-hmm. it was a presumably brisk night on November twelfth, nineteen sixty six. It's presumably presumably brisk. <laughs> oh, oh, Matt is the character. Oh, this is fantastic. Oh, good. Okay, <laughs> so Matt is taking a stroll on a brisk night. <laughs> On November 12th, 1966, right? So old. Let him sit. I'm sorry. So Matt's out here digging a grave, right? With four four other men. I'm so dirty. (laughs) And And so surrounded by testosterone. (laughs) Stop it right now. You're cut off from so All right, I'll stop it. So, right, he's in the small town, right? Clendon, West Virginia. Now, the exact grave, I don't know. But what I do know based on the literature surrounding this event is that the men saw something large that resembled a man jump out of a tree and fly over their heads. So this thing was around seven feet tall and had large wings that folded on its back with large red eyes. Okay? So this is kind of crazy. Like, what what would you do in this situation, Matt? Matt, tell us about your experience from 1966. What did you do? Tell us. Whoa. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Whoa, Y'all see that? That was crazy. (laughs) Back to digging the hole. (laughs) What are we doing anyway? Are we, like, grave robbing? Or are we (laughs) doing, like, nighttime (laughs) burial service? Like, I'm not sure... Why we're here? <laughs> well, I, unfortunately, uh, you didn't really record exactly what you were doing, so I uh, guess that's up to you. I don't. Why were you digging a grave? Was it? I don't know. It's a hobby. Some, it sounds seedy. <laughs> I don't know. It's a hobby. It. All right. I don't know. Maybe yeah, we just have like a, digging we have holes. A business. It's like an experience where you pay to be buried. <laughs> ah. All right. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. It's like the it's like the old version of like sensory deprivation tanks. Oh, mm. Okay. Sure, it's sure. It's a little scarier. Right. <laughs> maybe maybe trying to uh, open up some psychic powers. I don't know. Ooh. Now, three nights later, on November 15th, 1966, a couple in West Virginia were driving home to their residency in Point Pleasant when they saw something standing on the side of the road near what is known as the TNT area. Okay, so Why you guys know that. All right, great. <laughs> so <laughs> it's really weird, actually. The TNT area is a huge wildlife management area north of Point Pleasant. But this area actually still has stored explosives from World War II. 
which I guess is why they call it the TNT area. But I think it's funny that it's this wildlife management area, right? Uh But yet it has like (laughs) explosives in it for some reason. (laughs) Those poor wildlife. Right. Inviting and also not inviting. (laughs) Yeah. You're just in Point Pleasant. You hear a big boom and you're like, oh, those squirrels running over explosives again. No, not the squirrels. So despite this, you can still camp, fish, and even hunt in the area, actually, um, as long as you have a special permit. So I guess there's really not a big fear of exploding, um, I suppose. And the place actually has 29 ponds with stocked fish. So, I mean, if I were in the area, I would definitely be hitting that place up to go fishing. Um, Anyway, they're driving home, right? Again, brisk November night. They spot this black human-like creature with large wings standing near the reserve. Now, what would you do, Savannah, if you were driving home and you saw this, right? You're on your way home, otherwise normal night, but then boom, large human-like thing with wings standing next to the TNT area. I think I would die. (laughs) (laughs) Just die right on the spot. Like, oh, crap, she's behind the wheel. Yeah. yeah. I reach over and grab the wheel. Head hits the horn. It's just a blaring in the car. Oh, it just goes right into the TNT area. No, what I would really do is what I always do when I think I see something that I didn't. I would pretend I didn't and then not sleep at all that night. Mm, yeah, sounds reasonable. Accurate. That sounds reasonable. Yeah. Matt, what would you do? Uh, Yeah, I think I'd be like... I. Like we'd pass it, and I'd be like, "I think, I think, mm-hmm. I saw a giant man with wings." Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I dude, probably I probably didn't, I, but it may have happened. I, I would, would be probably the same. not believe me. I would be the <laughs> same. Honestly, if yeah. I if I was driving down and I saw that, I'd be like, "Did you see that?" I'd be like, well, "See what?" I swear this huge human thing with wings. Like we, I, I might honestly be like, yo, wait, stop the car. Or like, oh, uh, like we got to go check this out. Brave. What is that? <laughs> I don't know. I guess maybe I'd be the first to die in a horror movie or something like that. But, <laughs> yeah. I, but I'd like to think I'd figure something out. I don't know. Mothman, like that whole thing just seems sick. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. that's don't know what it is. I would probably rationalize it. I'd be like, it was probably a guy like that was bad at hanging, like setting up his tent or something. And or he was hanging a flag or I don't know, <laughs> just some way to like make sense in my head. I don't know. Right. And then I'm thinking like also for like very religious people, they might be like, was that an angel? Like, what is that? Sure. Like, what, like, what's happening? That's an right? interesting what if angels are Mothman? Ooh. Yeah. What if Mothman was an angel or something like that, you know? And we can get into that a little bit later. Um, But (laughs) this couple, known as the Scarberries, they decide to haul it out of there as fast as they possibly could. And this apparently disturbed the cryptid because it started flying after them screeching. Now, (gasps) this goes, segue, cutting to the episode of you guys. This is why I didn't run from the cows. Right. Right. This is why I did not mm. run from the cows. And if the audience is thinking, okay, what what are they talking what about? about? A cow? <laughs> well, you can listen to that on the Just Bugs episode that I'm featured on, and you can figure out exactly what I'm talking about. So they phoned in a police report, right? So these guys phoned in the rep- police report stating the creature had hypnotic red eyes and was around seven feet tall with white wings. Okay, now white wings, like, huh? So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm new right, exactly. Mm-hmm. I'm personally not super religious, but I can't help but think that, you know, this could be like an angel or something like that. Sure. With cool sunglasses. Right, yeah. you know, uh, with hypnotic red sunglasses. Yeah. <laughs> It's not great. And a banjo. And a banjo. Whoa. My man's got a banjo now. <laughs> man, this must be West Virginia. Yeah, now, I was going to say, he's from West Virginia. <laughs> now, on this same night, around 10.30 p.m., a local building contractor was watching television when the picture got all fuzzy and blacked out. Okay, now this is fine. You know, TV isn't that reliable back in the day. But this was accompanied by a loud buzzing sound and his dog started getting crazy, like going crazy out front. 
right? Mm. So now you're thinking, okay, mm, I don't know. Now, if this were me, I'd be like, aliens. <laughs> I would be like, how can the dog get out front? Does it have a leash? Right. Matt's, wor- a Matt's worried about the dog. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm thinking like, well, <laughs> they've come, the aliens. <laughs> So this this poor man right runs out with a flashlight and he and he finds something in the distance with large red eye shine. Now this eye shine is like the size of bicycle reflectors, okay? Well, his dog bolts off after it and is never seen again. No, you should have no. been worried about the dog. No, Fido. Oh. No, I don't know what his name is, but yeah, so Something spooked the dog. Dog went out and yeah, just disappeared. He probably got taken to heaven by that Mothman angel. Right. Maybe it was his time. <laughs> the angel was like, hey, like, I'll just take you up there myself. We don't have to deal with whatever was going to cost this. <laughs> but, um, between 1966 and 1967, there were hundreds of reports claiming to have seen this incredibly large creature within the Point Pleasant area. But none of them make it sound like a moth to me. All the reports Mm. state that this creature was big, black, large wings, red eyes, and a muscular build. Okay? Ooh. (laughs) Yeah, muscular build. So (laughs) um, another podcast I've been listening to a lot is um, Let's Get Haunted. And I've never heard of this. It's it's really funny. Better write it down. Allie Allie and Nat, um, they co-host this supernatural podcast and nat is always talking about how she has the hots for mothman i like <laughs> so, it yeah. i support that <laughs> sure why i not? mean i can see where they're coming from <laughs> right he's a muscular big eyed <laughs> wings like it's all muscular build hypnotic <laughs> Tall, eyes dark and handsome got yeah. wings dark and handsome can, can <laughs> fly you to heaven no so <laughs> <laughs> he'll, he'll take you to heaven yeah <laughs> So, yeah, right? So, for me, I don't know. Like, this this doesn't really sound like a moth, but I I guess it is what it is. And a lot of people have kind of coincided his appearance with, like, the, the collapse of this bridge. Now, I personally can't remember what the name of the bridge was, but it was... Just make it up. Yeah, I can just make it up or I can do a quick search right now. Um, that works too. But while while he's doing that, what do you think the bridge should be called? Yeah, bridge. Oh, that's like a really good name. <laughs> what would you call it? Uh, no, I think bridge is good. Yeah. Bridget. So, Ooh, Bridget! <laughs> Bridget. Bridget collapsed. No. <laughs> 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 she had too much fun with Mothman, collapsed. No, it's, oh, no. <laughs> it's the, the silver bridge. That's right. So the, that so was the silver bridge, right, right. You were, you were close. You had half of it right, right? Yeah. Silver bridge. <laughs> silver bridge collapses in 1967. So all these people are thinking, oh, like this Mothman creature is preceding this big event, right? Maybe mm. Mothman was trying to warn us that something bad was going to happen. And it seems like since then, Mothman appearances have kind of been linked to these natural disasters or not natural in the case of Silver Bridge falling. Well, I don't know. Would you consider that a natural disaster? It's not like a hurricane or anything. It's just like... Yeah, it a, depends how it fell. Did, yeah. Did it I think just it, fall? Yeah, it just gave out. So I yeah, think that's I natural, that's right? Cool. I don't it know. It sounds like he's like a safety inspector of some kind. Right. He's maybe like, maybe he's good. a safety inspector and he's like, yo, guys, this bridge, I got to start screeching and scaring everyone out of town before this <laughs> bridge comes down. Yeah. So oh, it's not up to code. <laughs> it's not up to code. Get out. Get out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. I mean, that's. Right. So that that's another thing. Like, mm, I don't know if it was an angel. Maybe it was trying to tell people like, hey, we got to get out of here. Or, Sounds like a superhero. Like he's right? got a cape. He's got yeah. dark colors, red eyes, superpowers. I yeah. think he's just a superhero. Right. Just a superhero. Now, some people like nowadays are thinking, OK, it's probably this giant crane that was in the area. Um yeah, because that looks like a Mothman. <laughs> right? I don't think cranes have muscular builds, but... Or red eyes. 
Well, the like thing huge about red eyes. yeah. Wait, are you talking about like metal cranes or like a bird? Like an crane? actual bird, like a bird. Okay. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Not the not the I metal was thing. Really curious. <laughs> yeah. No. 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 Yeah. There's no way it would be the bridge metal thing. crane. You know. Right. Yeah. No. They think it's a crane. Um. And the, and the crane that they think it is has like these um red markings around its eyes, which make it seem mm. red. But again, the crane. I just don't think a crane has a muscular build, and I personally no. love. To believe the Mothman because uh, Mothman sounds sweet, sounds yeah, super sounds cool. <laughs> so yeah, I'd much rather believe that there's this Mothman dude around than just a crane that managed to make its way into West Virginia. You know, on I a like flute. it. But yeah, I mean, you gotta go with the more yeah. fun story. Of course, of course, always. But yeah, that is my first story. Segue into this talking about Mothman. So yeah, I hope you guys it. enjoyed it. What yeah. did you learn anything new? What are your thoughts? What are your thoughts on Mothman? Yeah, so I actually knew all of that, but I do this thing where like I take in information and then I hold it and then I let it go forever. So I forgot all of it and it was really fun and refreshing to hear it again. Plus like, you know, this was a fun environment to hear about it. So <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, there's like, I too have also heard a lot of these stories before, but they just kind of went into my long-term memory bank, I guess, or something like yeah. that. And it, it just kind of, when I was re-looking into it, I was thinking like, wow, these are all these cool details about like what was actually happening at this time um, and what it, what it could be, right? So Matt, what do you think? I mean, I didn't know any of this, but I enjoyed the uh, you stringing us along through the tale. And now I want some form of media to flesh this out for me. I want like, a, you know, like a comic book or something. I've got you. I've oh, got you got you. some. Have you guys listened to the Adventure Zone at all? I love the Adventure Zone. I have not. It is a D and D podcast. We're talking about so many other people's podcasts today, but you know, if you Whatever. hear this, guys, like hit us up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, honestly, honestly. But no, they're incredible, and they have um, like an arc called Amnesty that's set in West Virginia. Oh, spoilers! <gasps> not, get to that yet? I don't think it's spoilies. Not Anyways, spoilies. They, there, there is a there is a whole cryptid theme. That's all I'm going to say. Ooh, Check it okay. out. Check it out. All right. <laughs> Sounds awesome. Now, the next thing that I want to talk about is Mothra. Okay. Do you guys know Mothra? Let me try. I think that it is debated, maybe, that it's Godzilla's ally and or enemy. I heard more often Godzilla, right? I think. Yes. Yeah, or yeah, King yeah. Kong. I don't know. I think it's, I think it's his ally. Am I right? Yeah, so Mothra, I yes, Lover? Mothra. I I don't I I don't think so. Well, mother? I don't know. Godzilla's mother. I don't think the mother? biologist's there. Mothra. Mothra. <laughs> Mothra. <laughs> oh man! I don't think the biology's right. Yeah. What the makes biology's you think so? not right. <laughs>
Yeah, I've heard of them before. Yeah, right? They're responsible for the creation of Godzilla, but also the producer and distributor for a lot of other famous movies and studios like Ghibli, for example. Yeah. Or Akira Kurosawa. Um, But yeah, so I I love Ghibli, right? Uh, I'm super into that. Um, But yeah, so Mothra gets commissioned to be the next big kaiju slash giant monster franchise. But with a twist, Mothra is actually a protagonist, and she's also female, usually accompanied by two fairies, which go by Shobijin, which translates to little beauties. Um, Yeah, right? So her character and story revolves around an island with mysterious happenings, and her design is actually based off a family of moths uh, that that's my personal favorite, known as Saturniidae. And I recently just did an episode on a Saturniid, so some people might be familiar, um, comes from one specific Saturniid. Now, Savannah, do you have any idea what this moth is? Oh, come on, be? you gotta guess. Yeah, you give, don't give just me a shake guess. your head immediately. <laughs> you have a bug podcast. You have to have a guess. <laughs> Sometimes this happens to me. Somebody asks me a very bug specific question. I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't know. Is it a lunar moth? That's the only moth I can think of right now. No, it's not a lunar moth. You tell me right now. It is the Atlas moth. Oh, duh. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, gosh. This is like me every time I take an exam. Yeah, seriously. It's like test anxiety. Yeah, exactly. It's honestly. We didn't know we'd be quizzed. (laughs) It's the episode where SpongeBob is going through the files in his brain. What's his name? What's his name? I got nothing on a name. Come on, baby. What's the name? (laughs) She's based off the Atlas Moth. And the Atlas it. moth is one of the largest moths, um, second to the white witch moth. Um, but I like the Atlas moth more um, just because it's a giant silk moth. Um, but yeah, yeah, they're, they're super beautiful. And they're from Southeast and East Asia. They're, they're an Asian species of moth. Um, so yeah, that's where the whole Mothra thing comes from. Ghibli, right, the studio, always seems to have these like female protagonists these these role models yeah and i really like that they do that and they yeah. always have a lot of old people which i, I like love that right and it's interesting that that mothra was kind of toho's thing of being like hey we need a female protag in the kaiju world right and, and they're like, so yes we got it we got <laughs> it it's a moth so yeah, Mothra sometimes helps Godzilla, like you were saying. She, I think she's kind of an ally, and sometimes she protects the city from Godzilla if he's having like a meltdown or something. Um, yeah, bad day. Or yeah, he's having a bad day, right? He's he's in the dumps, and Mothra's like, "Hey, we can't be we can't be killing people just because you're sad today." Like, <laughs> I love Mothra. Mothra. <laughs> we should make a shirt that says Mothra. Mothra. <laughs> Yeah, so those are my two uh, stories that I wanted to share with the listeners and you guys, uh, very moth-specific. Um, but I'm a moth dude. You're a moth man. Moth man, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Um, I had to. You set it up. I did, and I was going to say it myself, but I was like, ah, I, I can't because... Well, that's I'm, what I, that's what I'm for. I, that, that's yeah. what I do. <laughs> They call me Pun Man. <laughs> pun Man. It's the Pun Man. So th- that's what I got today. What What are your thoughts on Mothra? How do you feel about it? Do you, I, I think Savannah's really on the Mothra train. Oh, yeah. Digging it. Oh, yeah. She's the best. She's I love her best. so much. What do you think, Matt? What, what's thoughts? your what's I your think take? any friend of Godzilla is a friend of mine. <laughs> no, Mothra's super cool. I love the idea. I wish it was my idea. I'm glad it exists. (laughs) Yeah, you should have come up with it back in 1966 and you were digging a grave. I was alive, apparently, yeah. Yeah. Back when you were digging all those graves, man. For uh, no reason. For no reason. All your ideas went into the grave, man. Yeah. (laughs) There's a picture in there. I threw it in there. (laughs) My greatest ideas. Rest in peace is 1960. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so what? Uh, what do you, who wants to go next? What do you guys got? I'll go. Uh, 
It's a Sweet. biggie. Okay, uh, biggie. Doozy. Here we go. Oh boy. It's Alien, the movie from the 70s. One of my favorites. One Incredible. of mine as well. Best. Absolutely. Yes. I never put this together that there was actually a relation to actual insects. I just thought it was like a really cool like mm-hmm. monster movie. Yeah, totally. Um, Which it is. And I'm it sure is, most yeah. people have seen it. But to set the stage, from what I recall, it's been a while. You know, they get like a distress signal, I think. And then yep. they go to like our planet and they find these big gooey eggs right and then mm-hmm. one of the eggs opens and it uh, uh they're called face huggers like jumps on one of the crew members and yeah. uh they you know they rescue him they get him back and then uh they get it off and they think he's fine and then boom you know an alien pops out of his chest and uh time passes and it's full size and then it's the main character Sigourney Weaver versus the alien and it is a fun ride. Tops. It's a very fun ride. I Tops love ride, yeah. Yeah. I love the franchise. Um but yeah, so you mentioned you didn't know that Alien actually had some roots within the entomology world. Um do you want yeah. to, do you have any? Yeah, I do. I'm hoping you can shed a little more light than what I got. I just did some, you know, some research, but this is not my department. My, right. I'm in the chuckle department. Right, the <laughs> chuckle department. Yeah, so. It's, it's very important. Every, every organization needs a chuckle department, I think. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So apparently uh, the actual aliens themselves are based on like the, the parasitic wasp. Yeah. Which they find hosts. They, mm-hmm. you know, they use their ovipositor, which is like, you know, an organ that they use to lay eggs inside other uh, hosts, mm-hmm. such as like marth, moth larvae. And then it grows inside, it hatches, and it leaves behind like a dead husk, right? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, then it they pupate and turn into adult wasps. And if you think about the movie, they kind of do the same sort of track, a little out of order. Like the, mm-hmm. the aliens have eggs first and then the face hugger and then pupae and then adult. Yeah. And uh, I just thought that was really cool that they took that, you know, super interesting part of nature and really like fleshed it out and made it big and scary. And like, yeah. You know, I... Yeah. And like knowing it's kind of real is like makes it even more terrifying. Mm-hmm. Right. So I love the idea that they did, too, because they were like, OK, let's take this crazy thing that happens in the insect world and let's just turn it into a sci fi horror franchise. And I'm all about horror films and aliens. I, I love mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. But yeah, so humans, um, we do not have parasitoids. So right. parasitoids are these insects that use others as a host but they end up killing the host for the survival of their young so like you were talking about i mean you can make arguments for like you know people taking advantage of others until they turn into a (laughs) dead husk but you know (laughs) honestly you're not wrong um uh yeah sure people can definitely parasitize other people i guess through (laughs) financial or whatever um but fortunately nothing can physically do that like Mm. nothing can pop out of us and kill us we can we have things that can pop out of us but not things that can pop out of us and leave us a husk right yeah so there's bot flies and stuff like that but we don't gotta get into that jazz um Mm. (laughs) but what's really cool is yeah they they took this idea and so parasitoids are different from parasites and parasites they want you to live they need you just as just to be able to survive. And parasitoids are like, nah, man, we're just going to use you and, and let you go. And like you said, um, it's really cool that the Alien franchise did something different and that mm. they had these eggs from the Alien hatch. And those face huggers are the parasitoids. Those mm. ones yeah. are parasitizing people and giving birth to this whole new creature, right? The, the, uh, the actual alien. Mm. And as far as I remember, the actual alien can't parasitize people, correct? No. Not in that form, no. Yeah. Yeah, so I think, it, I think it goes like the queen, which is like kind of inspired by like um, termites and ants. And yeah. they, they don't have male, I don't think they require males to, to make their eggs. At least that's what the writers said. It's just like mm-hmm. the queen makes an egg 
the yeah. egg produces face hugger and then they need a human to make to reach their final form so, yeah or like at least i would assume other maybe forms of life like sure. humans maybe but you know right some kind of warm-blooded bipedal thing <laughs> i guess <laughs> yeah 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 absolutely and it's crazy because that's like a really cool concept right and this thing this face hugger i'm just trying to think now because like the face hugger. I'm trying to think of this from a biology. I'm going to jump back to Savannah. The biology is not right here. <laughs> like something's, yeah, yeah, something's not right here. Because you have, <laughs> the, you have the face hugger. The face hugger hatches from an egg laid by th- this alien, right? But the face hugger is the one that then has to, what, like lay another egg or put an embryo inside yeah. this person? And then it turns yeah. into this completely different thing. And it's like, wait a minute. <laughs> like, still so cool though it's, like, i love it's it it's alien you can just i love your it you can do it exactly exactly <laughs> aliens suspend sorry they do whatever they want and i adore that franchise i think it's a really good one and um i think anybody who hasn't seen it but is interested in sci-fi and uh aliens for sure definitely check it oh, out it's, the best. it's a must see for sure wasn't there um, something else that they do yeah there's one more thing i wanted to mention the the idea of the acid blood which ah. is very predominant in the movie is yes. actually was inspired by these ants uh called formica are are the i don't know what it is i told you it's I not easy <laughs> I do this every episode. I trip over the names. It's some, yeah, it's hard. It's Archibaldi. Archibaldi. So Formica Archibaldi ants, which spray formic acid Mm. and on their, um, you know, their prey. So like they took that idea and then like put that into the alien and which is, I think a very nice touch icing on the cake. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I haven't touched upon these ants yet at all. So Yeah. That's, I mean, ants do crazy stuff, but that, that's really cool that the design, the alien design kind of takes this, the social aspect of ants, like the colony and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And then also adds in this parasitoid wasp type feature, making it like this perfect apex predator that would just, yeah. that would really just destroy us. Right. It's crazy. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's amazing. Uh, so that was my that my first pick. I don't know if you want to uh, wrap up your thoughts on it, and then maybe Savannah, what do you think? Or oh, it's like it's one of my top favorite movies of all time. Not just like horror movie. I really like horror movies, so mm-hmm. some of my Same. favorites are, are up there for sure. Yeah. But yeah, I think uh, it was so well done. And you're right, like that creative concept of bringing different aspects of things that we live that live in our world that are just really crazy and people don't think about or see that often because they don't care about bugs as much Mm. and bringing that into like the mainstream where people can see it, but not bringing attention to it makes it just like so much more special. I feel like it's really unique and very like thought provoking that they've done that. I think that's great. It's amazing. Same. I love it. I really love it. Stellar choice, Matt. Stellar choice. Thank you. (laughs) Uh, My next one's a little, uh, maybe a little more niche, but also I think good. Uh, yeah. It's Hollow Knight, the video mm. game, which is a, a game I, I truly adore. Yes. Um, and it's basically a 2D side-scrolling Metroidvania, as they call the genre, yep. which for anyone that doesn't know is like you start out in an area that's very gated, right? Mm-hmm. Then you go and you explore and then you find some new ability or item, which lets you break down some of those gates earlier. Uh, kind yep. of forcing you to to revisit without making you feel like you're not making progress. Yes, so it, absolutely. So it's a game like that um, that prioritizes like traversal and whatnot. And the best part is every character is modeled after bugs. So like yeah. the main character has a design loosely based on a stag beetle and uh, kind of has like mandibles like on the top of its head mm-hmm. that look kind of like the stag beetle. And then the merchant is kind of like a take on a rhinoceros beetle and what was really cool was the developer said basically every time they wanted to make a new character they would just google weird bug 
and then they would just kind of <laughs> make it into like a humanoid version. And so I thought that was great. Amazing. Yeah, I love the art style um, of yeah. Hollow Knight. I, I think it's super fascinating. And I also just love that it's it is this like bug world. Mm-hmm. It's a bug world, um, but it's kind of got like this Tim Burton-y sort of vibe to it as yeah. well. Yeah, a little bit. Um, but it's really cool. Ominous. Yeah, totally. I do think that it's really cool that they were able to use bugs in this format. And I really like that the protagonist character is the stag mm. beetle. Because I think in general, like the insect world, stag beetles combat right. each other. Yeah. Right. Yeah. They, they do fight. And then in Japan, we actually do have stag beetle fights where you take a beetle and you raise it and you train it and you put it on a stump with this like oh, other guy's I beetle. I want to see training of the beetle. It's kind of like sumo wrestling where one beetle has to knock the other one out of the ring and then that's the mm. winner. I love um, that. <laughs> so it's super cool. What was your, what did you think of it, Savannah? I mean, you watched me play it a lot. Yeah, I haven't played it myself. I will get into that eventually. I'm definitely going to have to play it because it's just so beautiful. I'm so cute. It's a beautiful game. I think it's really, they they took this whole bug idea and they ran with it. They made all of the, the world is mostly underground. They play with so many different kinds of insects. Like there's like little, just like even like the characters that are not big players, like not bosses or NPCs or anything like that. They're, they're still insects. They're still interesting. Like they have like mantid species. They've Mm -hmm. got just all kinds of stuff, like a dung beetle boss. Like there's all kinds of cool stuff you can play with, but it's all under underground and they have deeper layers and they all just like coincide with the type of insects. I just think it's really cool. They're just really smart, really cool game. And it looked really fun. It is very fun and very hard. Yeah, very hard. Yeah, it can be it can be difficult. <laughs> My younger brother was playing through and I think he just rage quit um at uh-huh. a certain point. <laughs> um, but no, I I did everything and I really liked it. But I also like platforming games, like action Metroidvania Me kind of platform games. Yeah. Yeah. And the thing about Hollow Knight is uh, it's all underground, like you said, but it doesn't feel like you're underground. Confined. It right. doesn't feel confined. And there's so many different biomes within this yeah. world. So, like, one of them is kind of like a jungle and other stuff. And mm. they really take into consideration the atmospheres of these like different locations and they tailor the insects that you find to Mm -hmm. that specific environment and then later they did something really cool and they kind of started introducing like this like fungal infection yeah and then right these insects get taken over by this fungus and and they kind of become zombified like cordyceps this weird thing kind of takes over these insects and makes them start doing strange things and I just really like that all the themes are really tied yeah, really, into the world of entomology, for sure. Really killed it, for sure. Yeah, yeah. So th- those are my two. I think uh, I just, I really like all, I mean, there was many more. These are just the two I came to. But uh, yeah, I don't know. And then I think Savannah's got a couple, if you're ready for those. Oh, yeah. I've got two um, amazing movies that I love very much. We Ooh. we touched on the fact that we like horror movies. Yeah. Both of these are horror movies. Fantastic. One of them, the one I will start with, is The Fly. Mm. Specifically, the one with Jeff Goldblum and Gina Davis. Um, Another phenomenal film. It's done in that era where they do a lot of practical effects, so it's just, like, really enjoyable to watch it. And basically, the story is there is a scientist who creates, like, a cloning machine. and it's a teleporting machine. Oh, is it? Is oh, it a teleporting, teleporting machine? machine. Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, it is a teleporting machine. Okay. Not for cloning. Yeah, 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 yeah. So basically, it takes your your body and it breaks it up into little particles and then puts it somewhere else and reforms it. So he's going to the news people to tell them about it, and then he he forms this relationship with a with a reporter person. Mm-hmm. Um, but they have like a falling out. And he decides that he's going to try his teleporter uh, on that night. And he didn't check that it was super clean. And he gets fused with a fly. (laughs) Yeah. And at first he's like, um, he's like, feels superhuman. You know, he gets like super strong and all these keen like senses start coming in. And then, uh, you know. Yeah, I'm going to get super into that. So basically... (laughs) Basically, what I wanted to do was talk about how how accurate 
this depiction is. So, like, obviously the science is not there. It's uh-huh. a movie. Yeah. There's no such thing as a teleporting device. But right. I did want to... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I did want to get into, like, the logistics of how the science of, like, the fly and the biology and how that would work for, like, a human and that sort of thing. So... Yeah. First, first topic. <laughs> the idea of the genetics, like, perfectly combining to his genes to make, mm-hmm. like, one being, it's not probable. No. Like, it probably would not happen. Right. Um, no. no. Fly genes are pretty similar to, like, people genes. There's, like, 60% of a fly's genes that are... Yeah, Drosophila, I guess people really love to use that, right? With, like... Yeah, yeah, that's, like, a a fruit fly, I believe, yeah. So, yeah, so basically they have, like, a lot of very similar genes, and for them to splice and do anything is not really that possible, but also, like, for them to splice together and not cause other problems and to form like a fly being it's just not gonna happen mm-hmm. but it yeah. doesn't make it any less interesting <laughs> i'm yeah, curious to no, know from no. you what would happen what do you think would happen if you fused a fly and a human in reality oh god there'd be so many problems <laughs> yeah <laughs> there'd be so many problems well like uh i don't think I've actually seen the fly so i don't remember oh. is, is it his head Oh, that you're, gets, oh, we're I'm not even going to tell gonna, you. Oh, yeah, you should I'll see tell it. you some. And that makes me really sad because there's some spoilies in here. Maybe I'll just skip them. But oh, no, it's totally fine. Go, over, go okay. over it, yeah. Basically, what happens is, like, his body goes through changes and he, like, starts to develop more fly features as time goes on. And then there's, like, a big reveal at the end. It's yeah. disgusting. It is really gross, <laughs> and I love it so much. Is it's it like one of those, like, is it like a body horror film? Oh, like yes. Like The Thing, it's that kind of thing? Cronenberg. This is a Cronenberg film. So, okay. like, that Cronenbergian, like, body horror. I it's love of this. that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That yes. stuff is crazy. But, yeah, so basically, if if any of these genes did splice perfectly... Some of the things that could actually happen are like the ability to have immunity to diseases that are transferred from like the fecal oral route, which is a lot of diseases. Ah, yes. But flies do have that ability where they can, they're immune to a lot of our diseases because of just their genes. Right. Absolutely. And also another thing that could happen is they could build like chitinous cells in their intestinal walls, but that wouldn't be a very interesting movie. (laughs) Yeah. My tummy hurts. <laughs> <laughs> that would, I don't even know how that would work. Like if, if your yeah. intestines became chitinous. Yep. That just. It wouldn't, I think it would be bad. Just, you know, just guessing. <laughs> yeah. More chitinous things, just so, so I know. It's, it's like having your, your bones on the outside. Yeah. Ow. <laughs> so imagine like Talk your about intestines. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm just thinking if, well, I don't know because. If we did have chitinous intestines, then maybe we wouldn't get hernias. Yeah, probably not. As long as it's flexible, like it could be okay, maybe. Don't know. Yeah, some (laughs) things to think about out there, folks. Yeah. (laughs) But they do do some very good things in the fly. Some of the adaptations of his transformation into a fly are Mm -hmm. actually somewhat accurate. I mean, obviously not perfect, but there are some things that relate back to the actual housefly. So... Brundle grows, that's the character, Jeff Goldblum's character, Brundle, the scientist. Mm -hmm. He grows these sensory hairs on his back and his fingers. Oh. Yeah. So on a fly, these hairs let them sense changes in the movement of the air, which is why it's like impossible to swat a fly. Yeah, it's so hard. It's so hard to get one. It's because they see you coming. They can feel the air changes as your hand is moving towards them. Mm. Yeah. That's super cool. Yeah, that explains why immediately, like, if if you tried, it's like if you even think about getting into the position to swat one, it's just gone. It's like, like, no, bye. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so in the film, they do this adaptation, and he has these sensory hairs, and it actually allows him to have, like, these inhuman reflexes. Like, there's Mm. a part of the film where somebody throws something at him, and he dodges it just so incredibly like it's not it's there is no chance that was gonna hit him wow so that's one of the aspects that he does really well 
Another thing that they did implement that relates back to the fly is there's a there's a part of the movie where he's trying to eat and Brundle spits acid on his food and then drinks up the food slurry. Ah, uh, yes. Yes. Yeah. It's so gross. <laughs> yeah, pretty gross, but that is yeah, how flies gnarly. eat. They yep. don't use acid. It's like a digestive enzyme that they spit on their food stuff. Right. Uh, but yeah, that, that's the only way that they can eat things because their mouth parts don't allow them to eat solids. Yeah, they have these sponge-like mouth parts. And then yeah, they kind of yes. use that to like soak up everything. Yeah. Gross. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Starting to feel like a normal episode over here. I'm sorry, I had, I had to get into it. <laughs> if, I don't, if I'm not uncomfortable every episode, we're doing something wrong. Yeah, I try to go into the details for sure, for sure. Another Fantastic. cool fly anatomy thing that they did is they gave Brundle an abnormal sexual appetite. Mm. So once he becomes, so once flies become sexually mature, mm-hmm. the flies get pretty busy. They they try to find a mate with any female that is a fly or any male fly or any flies that are no longer living or any fly in a pupil stage. Like they really just don't care. They're just going to go for it. Oh my God. That's insane. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully it's not depicted as such. in the movie. No, no. In the film, he just wants to, to get busy pretty frequently. That's all. Uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Which is great. Cause you know, it sure. <laughs> tones it down a little bit. Just a little. <laughs> And the last thing that I had is pretty spoilies. Um, um, I mean, I've this is something that I I would be watching anyway. Um, yeah. Okay. So cool. Go ahead. Go ahead. Are you sure? Yeah. Okay. Yes. And if you're listening, please. if you want, if you want to, you can skip ahead like thirty seconds. I think it's on HBO, by the way. If you want to watch it, it's great, amazing. So basically. At the end of the film, Brundle loses all of his skill, his skill, his skin, and reveals like a fly monster being. And the reason that this is sort of like somewhat related to a fly is because when flies are pupating, they actually dissolve their body parts inside the pupa to reuse those material for other functions. And that's actually something that yeah. happens any, anyways with all pupating animals. Yeah, or absolutely. Yeah, so that when he comes into his metamorphosizing throughout the film, it's basically Cronenberg's way of showing pupation. So like he goes through stages where these these things yeah. get more productive and there's more features and there's yep. more abilities. And that's sort of what's happening in a metamorphosis situation. Mm. Wow, that is super cool. And and it's something like that I that almost makes me want to see the film even more because I mean it like you said, it's a really good classic body horror example and like just kind of talking about what's happening in the film is just a completely separate thing from actually witnessing the effects and everything that they did to put into the film so it's totally worth it yeah for sure i think it's (laughs) great and there's a couple quick debunkings but they're great for the film i'm glad that they did them but they don't really have anything to do with flies uh flies don't secrete any liquids from their feet (laughs) All right. There's a scene where Brundle is leaking like a goo from his hands. That's just for fun horror stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. And then flies are not especially strong. So there's a scene where Brundle is sort of like doing flips and push-ups, and he's just very, very strong. He has abnormal strength in one scene. Um, basically, the scene is just... Uh, it's just making it so that it's more entertaining. But mm-hmm. flies themselves... Not especially strong in general. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Well, what do you what do you think, Matt? Dude, it's an amazing movie. <laughs> um, I don't the effects make me want to look away a few times, but they are very well done. In the best way. Sure. They look so real. Really? Yeah. So oh, juicy, yeah. so wet. Oh, uh, juicy, yeah. yeah. Oh. <laughs> Check it out for sure. <laughs> oh, I'm definitely going to. Absolutely. I have to now. Yeah. Because th- there was one. Um, so there's multiple iterations of the fly, right? There, there's yeah. different. Yeah. So I think the one that I was familiar with was the one where like his head is a fly's head. Or that's something like in the 50s yeah. or something. Yeah. That's like an old, old one. And that was the, the one that I was kind of like most aware of. 
And um, I don't know if I want to like witness this dude with a giant fly's head for however long the duration of this film is. It's about is. the journey, not the destination. <laughs> right. And so I don't think the trailer did it justice for, mm. for showing the journey. Because I was just yeah. thinking this was going to be one of those things where he's just a fly and the movie is him being a fly terrorizing people or something. Yeah. <laughs> like an old monster movie or yeah, something. exactly. I was like, man, I don't need to see a kaiju movie, but with a fly, with a fly's yeah. head on a person mm. or whatever. But that's I think good that's to know. Totally fair. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, check it out, though. It's great. And then the second one that I came with is Silence of the Lambs, another yes. horror film. This one's not so directly tied Except that it is. <laughs> so, <laughs> what? <laughs> nobody's turning into any bugs. But yeah, there's no, a there's no. a big emphasis on a specific insect. Yes. And it plays a big role. Mm. So essentially, the movie features Jodie Foster as Clarice. And we've got Ted Levine as Buffalo Bill. And Anthony Hopkins as Hannibal Lecter. Essentially, Jodie... Foster's character is like a cop or an investigator of some kind. And she's interviewing Hannibal Lecter about this new guy, this new guy on the scene who's been killing women. Yep. Um, They have this interaction and Hannibal Lecter is telling her about this killer. And one of the things that they're talking about is this fly or this, not this fly, this moth. Mm-hmm. So basically all of the bodies are found with a death's head moth on them, in them, in their mouth, in their mouth. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's like so, in their throat or something. Yes. He puts it's in it their down throat. in there. Yeah. Yeah. He's not very gentle about it. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> no. So yeah, the movie is about this killer who hunts and uh, this is graphic, but he skins women and then he leaves a moth in her throat. So yep. the rest of the movie follows this detective who's trying to, like, get him, but instead he captures her. Mm. So very interesting. Yeah. And I won't give him anything else. Well, a little bit more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I've seen it. I loved it. So, yeah. It's wonderful, for sure. So the significance of the moth is supposedly the idea of change. So we're kind of touching yes. back on metamorphosis again. Yeah. So... There's a quote in the movie where um, Hannibal Lecter says, due to the changing from caterpillar to cocoon, the quote says cocoon, but it, it should be, or the quote, the quote says chrysalis, but it should be cocoon. That's okay. Right. Um, and then, and then to a, to beauty, AKA the moth. So mm-hmm. basically just talking about this metamorphosis of this character, because as you find out, Buffalo Bill has this sort of like, uh, I guess you could call it changing of his own being. He likes to dress as a woman. Um, right. And it yes. also yep. touches on Clarice's changes as a person. So, yeah. Yeah, because I remember in the movie, I, I think he had this thing where he, I, I believe he like wanted to be a woman or mm-hmm. something like that. And so he was trying to metamorphosize, but he couldn't do it right like right without and so he was using the skins, the skins of yes. women to like transform himself essentially uh, yeah so creepy when you like just break it down yeah yeah no, it's feel terrifying that, like it's creepy when you're watching it but just describing it is bad yeah absolutely <laughs> but yeah buffalo bill enjoys dressing in women's clothes and he will put on you know their skin their face etc And it's unclear if he just enjoys dressing that way or if he really wants to be that way. But either way, he goes through a form of metamorphosis. And this depiction has actually been found to be pretty problematic, especially with, like, the trans community. Oh, yeah. Because it's it's painting this, like, evil person as a trans person, and they don't have a lot of representation. So, like, having that be the the only depiction of a trans person in media, especially at the time, was just really hard for them, and they didn't appreciate it. Yeah, sure. Yeah. But it it does play a big role in, like, the metamorphosis thing. So that's pretty mm-hmm. cool. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, yeah. I think that's that's most of it that I had. Outside of the metamorphosis thing, though, the moth is often seen as, like, a symbol or omen of death. It's sad, but it's true for the death head moth because they have this little, like, a human skull almost on yes. their thorax. Yeah. Yeah, yeah they do. Yeah. And, um... 
I, I kind of briefly mentioned this in one of my other episodes, but the moth they originally wanted to use for, for this film was the Black Witch Moth. Mm-hmm. And because the Black Witch Moth has all this kind of like negative connotation and, and back lore, which isn't really fair to say because it really depends on the location of where you find yeah. the moth, mm. right? So the lore is really different based on like, where you are some people call it the money moth some people say it's like the bringer of death some think of it as like a dead person's spirit but the reason why they didn't use the black witch in the film adaptation was because they had a hard time getting one um where they were filming the movie they just could not and the black witch is also more of like a tropical kind of species anyway um But they ended up going with the death's head because A, the death's head was easier to rear and get in that area. But also the pupae of the death's head is just so much more interesting and Uh. creepy than the pupae of a black witch, for example. And it also has the skull-like pattern on its thorax. And the whole vibe of a death's head moth is more eerie compared to black witch, so... Yeah, they ended up going that route, which can't complain. I yeah, liked it. Worked it worked out. Yeah. It's yeah. cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the only, the last thing that I mention here is just that, like, in addition to the moth being kind of like a cool omen of death and the way mm-hmm. that it looks, it makes this, like, super loud squeaking noise. And so it's thought that, like, there was, an like, a, a nod to that based on, like, the squeaking leaving their throat being like the symbolism of a woman screaming, which is like really dark. Uh, But yeah, yeah, I think it's, it's an interesting thought for sure. Yeah, no, for sure. Definitely. Yeah. Any thoughts, Matt? I, it's a great movie. Yeah, it sure is. It's a great movie and it's much better to watch than to hear about it. Oh man. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Honestly. (laughs) Sorry guys. Didn't mean to ruin this for anyone. No, I mean it's it's a really good horror film. Um, so if yes. anybody is interested in that, like they should definitely check it out. And it has Hannibal in it as well, right? And, yeah, and all of that kind of stuff. It's cool because it's kind of got these two different th- stories happening in in one movie. I feel say, like, yeah, yeah. Um, which is really interesting. I was gonna say something about the Death's Head. Um, it, it actually feeds on honey, I believe. Um, yeah, it it eats. It has this really strong mouth part that it uses to like pierce honeycombs. Oh, and yeah, so I did it, on this it actually <laughs> feeds on the honey, which is really interesting. Yeah, that's um, awesome. I don't know. Um, I haven't done too much research on the death's head. That's something I'll get into probably a future episode um, regarding its relationship with bees. But yeah, I think that's that was like an interesting quirky fact that I specifically remember about the death's head. Um, yeah, super cool. Yeah, I don't think it really ties into the film at all, but I just was like, but oh, it's still I, cool. I though. remember this thing, and it's like, <laughs> we both have bug podcasts after all, so <laughs> yeah, honestly, I gotta throw well, yeah, in some minor stuff. Cool, well, yeah, so that wraps up all our stories. We had six unique things to talk about with insects and bugs and pop culture. Uh, I personally really enjoyed it. I had a lot of fun with this episode and uh, I hope you guys did too. Oh, Um, it was was great. Yeah, absolutely. It was a great time. And before we wrap up, uh, where can our, where can my listeners find you? Like, what, is there anything you want to plug? What? Yeah, it's been deferred to me. So uh, (laughs) yeah, it's uh, just bugs podcast. Just Matt. (laughs) Yeah, I'll figure it out. Just Matt podcast. No, (laughs) I can do what I can do. I got it. Okay. So it's Just Bugs Podcast. You can get it anywhere you get your podcast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Um, mm-hmm. And if you have any suggestions for episodes, if you listen and you like our format and you want us to do one, you can send us a suggestion at JustBugsPodcast at gmail.com. Uh, also, any interesting bug stories, if you have them and want to share. Uh, and then we also have Instagram where we post pictures of each bug we cover every week. Yeah, that's special because we actually do reach out to um, macro photographers and we will ask them their permission to use their photos. So all of the photos on our Instagram 
are also tied to really great macro photographers. If you're interested in looking at super close up pictures of bugs. <laughs> yeah, super cool. And then we have some other social media stuff, but that's the main stuff is just podcasts. If you like it, tell your friends and check out the pictures. Yeah. And every week, every week, new episode. <laughs> yeah. Same day as yours. <laughs> yeah, same, Apparently. same situation yeah. over here. I think mine might release on Mondays sometimes because it's it's Tuesday in Japan, mm. but I don't know how, the, how exactly that translates. It might be like Monday night or something in the U.S. Um, or other parts of the world. But yeah, so you can find them. You can find Savannah and Matt at the Just Bugs podcast. Definitely give them a listen. They have a really unique format that's different from mine. It's really fun. And so same thing for me, um, as always, if you guys have something you want me to cover, please email me at insects, F O R dummies. Haven't changed that email. Um, <laughs> <laughs> will not change the email. <laughs> maybe, I, maybe I will. I don't know. I don't think I will though. Um, it's, it's kind of like my stick it to them thing right now, but, um, <laughs> yeah, so you can email me there. And then if you have stories, definitely email me as well. I would love to cover any of that kind of stuff. But as for this episode of Insects for Fun, I believe that concludes episode 33, this special collab episode. And I was also a collaborator on a Just Bugs episode of their podcast, which you can find again at Just Bugs. Um, I highly recommend you check that out. That way you can figure out what I was talking about with cows earlier in the episode. <laughs> Very cool. Yeah. yeah. Let's do it again sometime. For sure. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah, thank you. It's been great. Signing off now. Laters.